Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. Thanks so much for listening today. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I am a coach and a hypnotherapist and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. Today, I am speaking to the amazing Kirsty Gallagher, who is a friend of mine. She's a yoga teacher. She's also the founder of Lunar Living. She teaches about the moon and how <laughs> how amazing the moon is, basically, and how we can all start to use the cycles of the moon to tune into ourselves more and ch- tune into nature more. And I absolutely love the conversation that we have. We talk about why we should be paying attention to the moon and what it's doing. She shares her technique for getting life to slow down. If you're somebody like me who just thinks, how is it, you know, November suddenly, where did the year go? And you want to be more tuned in to life and actually get life to slow down so that you can appreciate and enjoy things more, you're going to love this episode. Kirsty also shares her life philosophies and she shares really openly about something that she's been struggling with lately and the insights that she's gained from it. And I think this is something that so many people are going to relate to. And if you haven't already, I want to invite you to come on over to my website, karmau.com forward slash free. And when you enter your details there, you can receive a free anxiety toolkit, which contains a hypnotherapy MP3, an affirmations MP3 made by myself, as well as worksheets. And I'll also keep you posted about the latest podcast. So sign up for free at karmau.com forward slash free. So let's get into the interview with Kirsty Gallagher. Welcome, Kirsty. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank How are you? Thank you for having me. Really good, thank you. Really good. Amazing. Um, can you tell us what it is that you do? And how you got to where you are today? Oh, I wear a few different hats at the moment. So I'm a yoga teacher. I've been teaching yoga for about 10 years. I teach nowadays mainly corporate and private, just because I want to take yoga to the people that really need it the most. And so I teach for a lot of kind of law firms and corporate offices. Um, and it's incredible. It's a joy to see the difference that that one hour sort of makes to them. Um, so yeah, I teach um, yoga kind of full time. And then I also run an online course about lunar living, so about how to work with the energies and the magic and sort of the ancient wisdom of the moon, which I'm sure we'll get around to talking about at some point. I love that. I love that. Um, yes, there's so many stressed people in in workplaces so many. that desperately need that. And it just seems like... Yeah, workplaces are trying to squeeze more and more out of people and get them to work harder and harder. And there's so much uncertainty, you know, with people's jobs. And I'll constantly talk to people that are experiencing restructuring or these long working hours. And just to have that, you know, hour to... So important. I mean, a law firm I teach around here, actually, I do four classes a week with them now. And it started as one... And it's incredible to watch because with them being lawyers, I always think no one's coming to class. And then two minutes after, they all run in because they're billing to the last minute. And they walk in with shoulders around their ears, little stress lines in their forehead, tight jaws. And they walk out like different people. And it just, I think it's so important that a lot more companies nowadays are taking wellness, well-being, whichever umbrella they put it under, so much more seriously um, and the law firm I teach at, they've they've seen that billing hours improve on yoga days, which is just incredible. Oh my God. I know. That's amazing. I know. And I say that to them quite a lot, that that one hour away from their desk will give them 
three or four hours more productivity than them staying there trying to keep going and going and going when your brain is already fused and you've gone into the loop and you don't know what's going on anymore. So it's a real gift to take yoga into those kind of places. That's such a important reminder for all of us because I can get myself into this mode of thinking right I've got to get my head down yep. I'm not going to take a walk today I'm not going to even go outside I've not got time I'm just going to answer emails I haven't got time to look after myself and yep. actually it is an investment in you being more productive absolutely. more effective absolutely yeah and that's there's that saying isn't there that if you don't have time for yoga or meditation that's the time when you really need it the most in those moments where you are in such a tailspin that by taking that time out and what I really really rate about the one law firm I teach in particular is that a lot of the people who come are the partners the managing partner in particular comes and I witnessed him once someone came to class and they were in the middle of a big issue in work and they were telling him about it and he actually said to them do yoga first do yoga first and for a managing partner to be in a position to be able to offer that I just thought was so incredibly special it doesn't happen very often and that you know junior person who got to do that class will probably have gone back and hopefully seen that problem in such a different way by taking that time to let everything settle to restructure it to get some new perspective to get some new focus and to go back and I I I forgot to ever ask but I really hope that it all resolved in a much different way to how it started from them taking that time absolutely absolutely so hopefully more of that is going to be happening in workplaces very soon. I would love soon. to see that happen, yes. How did you first get interested in the moon? Oh, <laughs> well, um, so I, I used to work in marketing and PR. And as far as jobs went, it was a good job. I, I worked in travel, so it was, it was an incredible industry to be in. But I suppose from a very, very young age, I'd always been... I don't know what word you use, a bit different. I remember my great-great-auntie did tarot cards and tea leaves and I loved her as a child. And I remember getting one of the Parker's astrology books in my probably early teens, maybe younger, and reading all about my star sign. And so I've always had a little interest in that side of things. And then when I went to India in 2009 to do my teacher training, you don't practice on moon days. So on full and new moon days, there's no yoga. And so to be in, I was spent most of my time in Mysore. To be in a place like Mysore with hundreds, thousands of people all practicing yoga, and you'd have these two days in a month when no one would practice. I I love people. I love watching people, and and I I'm a very good judge of people. And so to watch people on those days, the whole energy of the place would differ. People's moods would differ. You'd notice that people would go through the same kind of issues or that the same things would be coming up for the same people. And it was just a love affair that then began. And on um, moon days, it would be traditional to practice what's called Abhyanga, which is an oil massage. So you'd rub oil into your body, you'd lay and let it soak in for about 40 minutes. And so on those days, on the moon days, I would kind of lay with my Abhyanga, after having done the Abhyanga, and just tune into what the energy of that particular moon was. What did the energy feel like? What themes had people been going through? And most of all, what was stirring for me? What was coming up? What was it making me feel like? What life areas seemed to be under the spotlight? And it gave me a real checking point of those two days of a month to set intentions, to check in with what was really going on beneath the surface, to decide which areas of my life needed some focus to consciously choose the direction I was going to go forwards into with my thoughts, my desires, my feelings, what I wanted to create, how I was going to be in the world. And I've been in love ever since. Moon and I have been in a relationship now for 10 years. And it's only got better and better. Using those days as a marker point, I, I could tell you so many stories of incredible things of happened from working with the energies of the moon rather than against them and you see nowadays I mean there's so many more people talking about it now on social and different things how people feel it you know people people feel it whether they choose to believe in it or not I I, I see it very clearly and once I think people are aware of it they get to tune into it even more too that's so so interesting What's the reason, do you know, for taking it off yoga, for not doing yoga on those days? Is it like a day of rest or something? Well, the, the official line was that because of the energetic pull of the moon, so it's the moon most of us know that turns the tides, and so the gravitational pull of the moon is what pulls at the, the, 
surfaces of the tides to move the water on the Earth. And so it was said, the official line was that the gravitational pull energy-wise, I think more so for yogis because they tend to be quite tuned into their body and energy, on a new moon day when the energy is at its very lowest there'd be a lot more injuries because people would be slow and lethargic and kind of drag themselves around their mats. And especially considering my saw is a lot of Ashtanga-based practice, which is quite a fast practice. People are to be sluggish, slow, tripping over themselves. A full moon day when you're at the energetic peak, when the energy is high, people will go too fast, too far, too deep, too much. So they found the injury rates were just much more on those two days. Um, the unofficial line was that Patabi Joyce wanted an extra day off. <laughs> so I'm not too sure which one was the truth. Um, but yeah, it's to do with the energetic pull of kind of the water, not just on the earth, but in our, our bodies as well that affected our practice. Amazing. That's so interesting. Why do you think we should pay attention to the moon? Or why do you think people are more, people are definitely more interested in this? Absolutely. It's like... No one was talking about the moon three years ago now. Everyone's talking yeah. about it. Honestly, I, I honestly believe it's because we've made life linear. So we've made life extremely linear and we expect everything to be the same every single day. And we eat strawberries in December and we just expect things as they are moment by moment. And when life becomes linear, it passes us by. So, so many people I speak to now and I'm, I'm, I've been terrifying people with this kind of thought for a few days and weeks now but we're in the last three months now of this decade and even for many people I, I know right you have to sit with it for a moment while it sinks in um, but even people are like how is it how is it October how is it October already and life passes us by so quickly working back with the moon gives us rhythm it gives us flow and it gives us conscious control over our lives because twice a month at least we have that checking point where we stop and we say where am i headed am i going in the direction i want to go if not what do i need to change what am i doing what is happening around me versus just october mm. and so it just gives us back i think people are seeking a different way of living, a different way of being, a rhyme and a reason. Working with the moon gives us answers to questions. It gives us um, an ability to tune into why we're feeling how we are emotionally and work with it rather than against it. And as I say, it mainly just gives us those real checking points of focus where we get to come back to ourselves and stand still even for just a moment and say, wow, I wanted to go there, I ended up here. Okay, let's reroute, let's come back, let's start over. Um, and that's where the magic is. That is a very motivating reason for me to want to pay more attention to the moon <laughs> because I am searching for ways to help life to slow down yes. and to tune in more to life because... And, and so many people say this, don't they? How is it already October? Absolutely. How is it, you know, 2019? How am I 33 now? Yes. All these sorts of things. And we we need these practices to help us to tune in of and course. slow down and pay attention and live more in accordance with nature. Definitely. Yeah. Um, can you talk a bit about a bit more about that, like living in accordance with nature? Is that something that you yes. talk about? Yeah, because I also honour the this kind of the seasonal way of living. Of again, we're very very different in every season, and if we take those transition moments to to pause and to just redirect our focus, life takes on so much more meaning when we're living in accordance with nature. And I um I actually had a, a, a real kind of a hard moment the other day with autumn coming now and. I'm a sun worshipper, but I love autumn. I think this time of year is probably one of the most symbolic of, of what we can see around us and how we can take that into our own lives. And I was walking along the street the other day and there was a leaf on the floor. And just in full disclosure, I got down on the floor with this leaf. And I was mesmerised. I was, I was blown away by the perfection of this leaf, the colour, the shape, the little veins that went through it, just the pure perfection. And it made me wonder in those moments how we can ever doubt life when we are run by the same nature. The nature that grew this leaf is the same nature that's within each one of us. The nature that enabled that tree to let go of that leaf and just let it go. And I, I started reading in that because I was fascinated by it. And trees actively shed their leaves because they have no need for them anymore. And if they kept those leaves, it would cut off their food source and they would die. 
And it made me think that if the trees were human, they'd be gripping on of like, leaves don't leave me and I'm scared to let the leaf go and it really hurts me when the leaf leaves and this is really awful. And how if we can just take inspiration from nature and instead just really take some time to be with what don't you need anymore? Because, and and I can speak from personal experience, but when we keep a hold of things in our lives that are in effect dead, that we have no need for, when we're keeping hold of the, the brown leaves that have curled up and crusted and started to, you know, take away some of our life force we actually do begin to die inside a little bit we become less of a person we become less able to take in the nutrients and the joy and the goodness that surrounds us because we're just clinging and it's a very human thing to do to these things that have long 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 gone and so if we can take inspiration from even this time of year allow things to shed if we then take inspiration from winter of allowing ourselves you know we we do very the opposite in our culture where December is all about party, 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 go out, go out, go out, drink, drink, drink. And then people hit a real rock bottom around this time of year. And, I, you know, I'm all for the odd night out, but I think if we can also just honour time as well as to say, OK, on this one night, I do nothing, hibernate, go inwards, restore again, renew, gather everything back to yourself. And then we're ready come spring when the blossoms start to grow again to want to again if we look at that even as I'm saying it to you it baffles me that we can't see and feel that in ourselves as spring comes we want to go out again we want to start to move in the world again summer comes we're at our height we're at our best we're at our peak but we just we lose that and then life loses some of its magic for me of, of just not being able to we go against a natural law and a natural rhythm and that's I believe when many of us get out of sync we get out of balance. I feel, um, and again, I'm, I'm not going to say all of, I know you're the expert on anxiety, but I think a lot of our lower level anxiety comes from just working against what's going on around us in life. Constantly. I totally, yeah, I totally agree. I think that's such an important message that our disconnection from nature and kind of going against how mm. we are, how we evolved to be, um, I think is the cause of our some of our anxiety and yes. depression and yeah how can we learn how can we connect more with that and learn from nature and trust in trust that we are part of nature too absolutely we are part of nature too we think we're separate as, as human beings don't we that we have mastery over nature yes but we are nature so if we connect more with that we're gonna connect with more of what's true for us I think. that's it and and just back into as you say, I think it's really important to just have that trust. I think that's why a lot of people are coming even back to more of a, a lunar way of living, that we get to put our trust once again in a bigger picture, in something greater, in the fact that we're not just this small one little human doing life alone while it's against us, that we're part of something so much bigger and so much greater. There's again that beautiful saying, isn't there, that we're all made of stardust? Mm. And I think working in alignment with that natural flow, just watching the trees lose their leaves, watching nature grow blossoms and buds just helps us to see that, as you just said, that same force of nature grows things in our lives, helps us to shed things, and it just helps us feel part of something way bigger than our small, like, human problems. And there's also so much evidence that just getting outside in nature every day totally. helps with anxiety and depression there's evidence that being able to see green from your house means you're less likely to be depressed wow so you know it's it's really important um i love your moon musings Thank on instagram you. i was tagging friends in it the other day because i just thought people need to to, hear, to read this today Thank can you, you share a bit about what they are and what you the sorts of things that you share yes yeah, so it stemmed back from being in India in those times I was there for um, nearly nine months of working with and tuning into the energies of every moon and noticing how each one differed and when I got back from India I wanted a way to still continue to honor and transition these moments for myself and I started to share them in um, just little yoga moon workshops in my area and I found that the more that you share, the more people I'd get saying, absolutely, yes, how did I not know this? And once you are aware, you begin to notice how each and every moon does affect us differently. And so I'd started then to share with people around me. People would start to agree. They'd share with their friends. They'd be emailing me back in the days when email was kind of more prominent, asking what was going on. So then I started to share on social. 
And over the years, the amount of direct messages I get saying what's going on with the moon or, oh my gosh, it's like you wrote this for me. It's like you were in my head. It's just a way again for me to help people come back into that rhythm of, I see it in all my girlfriends around me. So when, when there's an upcoming moon of how people are acting, reacting and what they're feeling. And so rather than just feeling like, oh, it was a bad day. I had a really bad day and it's awful. You can be like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling this because it's, we just said the Libra new moon, it's a Libra new moon. And the Libra new moon is calling me into looking at these areas in my life. And what you will find is that each moon, because each moon falls in a different star sign, um, and so the new moon will always be in the same sign that the sun is currently in, because at a new moon they all line up together in the sky. The full moon then will always be in the sign opposite, because the moon's gone around to the opposite side of the earth. So we can then further use the star signs that the moon falls in to delve a little bit deeper. So the earth signs will take us into being very grounded, very real of looking what's going on in our lives in a very real way. We come into the fire signs, they'll give us the passion and the drive and the desire to want to make things happen. The watery signs tend to take us a lot more into our emotional depths, so they can be the the kind of quite big hard hitters for a lot of people. And then we get the air signs that take us into our dreams and into our mind and into planning. And so again, if we can work with each one of these full of new moons in the different sign it means that we get to consciously just keep looking underneath the surface because we are we're masters at the I'm fine I actually read the other day that the biggest universal lie ever told is I'm fine I'm fine yeah, I'm fine I'm yeah. fine I'm fine yeah. And the moon days and the um, and again, it's to do with the energetic pull. So what the moon does is the energetic pull of the full and the new moon will just bring our emotions to the surface to help us to see what's hiding underneath the I'm fines and the I'm OK and the brave faces into I'm feeling this. And then we have two choices. We can, of course, push it back down again to come back out in some other way. Or we can just sit and hold a space for it and be like, OK, I may be feeling like this because that moon lady said it was a Libra new moon. And so how about rather than run or hide or push, I sit with it and I just invite it in and I go like, okay, what's this showing me? What's this highlighting for me? What's this showing me? What you'll start to find when you work with moon work is you get the same repetitive things coming up over and over again. So it becomes a bit like Groundhog Day in the beginning where people are like, oh, I feel this again. And it's like, but that's because you're not changing anything and so it will normally signpost us very clearly to the areas of our life that aren't working the areas that need some attention and even sometimes it can be the, the self-sabotaging thoughts we have about ourselves the limiting beliefs that we hold on to the fears that prevent us from ever stepping into bigger dreams and we get to just moon by moon very very gently begin to peel back some of the layers to bring a little bit more of our ourselves to the forefront and just I know I keep saying it, but it's that conscious control over our life of like, this is what stops me. And you can choose to let it continue stopping you for years to come. Or you can say, okay, let's use this moon magic a little bit and see if it's true and just see what I can do about this. So it sounds like it's an amazing way to have a tool to check in with yourself. Absolutely. You know, um, and to check in with you know, the rhythms of Earth. <laughs> and um, and so from what you're saying, it sounds like it, it can sometimes bring things up totally. that might be a repeating pattern for us. So should we pay, pay attention Absolutely. to those patterns that show up again and again? Absolutely. And otherwise, it's going to continue to show up yeah. for us until we pay attention. And that again shows us that. So the, the, the online group I have kind of the online sisterhood we've been together since April and to see some of the changes these girls have made is incredible because a lot of the time as well we're, we're not even aware so we're not only not aware of what holds us back because it becomes such a, a repetitive thing but quite often for many people as well that they don't know what they actually want and so working with the moon in the beginning can be quite, you know, we, we see everyone again on social saying, you know, new moon, make your new moon wishes, like set your intentions. And for many people, they're like, I actually don't know what that is. And so it, first of all, encourages stroke forces you to just stop and to again be like, where am I in my life? Am I where I wanted to be? Is this what I want to be doing? And so in the beginning, it can be quite 
confronting and as we know with anything confronting we'd way rather go okay let's pretend it's not happening everything was easier before when I was like sleepwalking through my life and didn't know but then yes absolutely as you said once we get going with it you're like oh this again this again this again until we get to stop and to change track to try something different to maybe even look at the same thing in a different way and notice how it changes um but we've become i know we said it earlier linear everything's just become same thing same time same day life's just not like that and i suppose particularly for women you know in the workplace we're expected to be the same every day throughout the month and obviously women we have a very obvious for us cycle not obvious for everyone else um an obvious cycle that is potentially linked to the moon totally um and we're in our society not able to live in accordance with that cycle we have to be on good form every day when there are certain days when we might be feeling more tired or more energetic yes do you do you talk about that aspect of things as well yeah definitely I mean I think it it really ties into I would love for women to be able to phone their bosses and be like it's a moon day I'm working from home. Um, I have a couple of people working with me at the moment and I always say that to them. I was like, just take the day, just go and take the day. It's not possible yet in our society. I would love it to be. But what is possible is that forward planning. And so whether or not your cycle links up to the moon and whether you want to work the moon cycle or your own cycle, forward plan. Know when those days of the month are going to be, when you're going to feel deep in the depths. And, And most of the time, the reason we feel so in the depths of emotion is because it's the only way that either the moon or our cycle can get our attention because the rest of the time it's like we've got our hands over our ears our hands over our eyes we're just keeping going keeping going and so it's only normally when we get hit by that huge brick wall of emotion that we go and we stop and we go wow otherwise we just keep going forever and so I honestly believe that's why the emotion comes as strongly as it does is to make you stop and go okay what is this If you could forward plan that on one evening of that week you were going to go home and close the door and have that one evening off, that in itself would make the biggest difference to the whole rest of your moon or your monthly cycle just from giving yourself that few hours. And if you've got kids and things and responsibilities, I really understand that, but lock the bathroom door. Like, lock yourself away (laughs) just for one hour. Ask your husband to come home just one hour earlier, one day a month, and just really carve out that time to be like, this is for me. And not only am I going to take care of myself in the best way I know how, but I'm going to really listen to what is beneath the surface for me. What is stirring for me? What are my inner yearnings? What is this emotion trying to tell me? Where am I being signposted to? If we could just honour that in itself, huge difference. Yeah, so huge. So, um, so actually scheduling something into Schedule. your diary. Yes, and that's something that I've been doing actually. Like, I don't really want to be doing a talk to loads of people on certain days of the month, yes. and so I tend to just try and organise things so that it's not on those days totally and have more nights in sometimes I just need to go to bed at like 8 30 in the evening and rest so I've really been trying to do that and I think it has helped beautiful and again just being back in tune with that natural cycle I remember going to a workshop many many years ago and they also relate the menstrual cycle to the seasons and so the teacher said go and stand in the room if you're like in your spring or summer or autumn or winter and I remember being like I have got no idea what she's talking about I've either got my period or I haven't that's it there was no there was no other days in between for me and it was a real shocker to think that this happened to me all day every day every month and I had no idea no idea and that was a real wake up call as well of how again if women could come back in tune and realize oh okay on day 12 every month I feel like this okay the world's not ending okay I can take a deep breath and and instead just sit with this oh on day 22 every month I feel like this oh on every new moon I tend to feel like this again we get back that conscious control rather than just waking up in the morning and feeling like we've been hit by a bus and not knowing why we can take back that and go okay okay wow this is why I think that's so important. Day 22. What a nightmare. (laughs) Let's not even talk about day 22. Day 22 can fuck off. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for telling us that. Um, 
can you tell us because I went to a yoga class of yours a couple of years ago, which I yes. loved. It was amazing. And you Thank told the story you. of Durga. Yes. Can you share a little bit of that now? Oh my gosh, can I tell a full story? Yeah, of I course. would love to please tell. do. Durga's, I can only talk Durga if we tell Durga's full story. Okay, please so, go for it. Um, get comfortable, everybody. Um, so, once upon a time, it was said in the ancient kind of laws of the universe that if anybody did anything for long enough with enough dedication and commitment, their wish would have to be granted. And so there were these two demon brothers and for four and a half thousand years they stood on one leg with one arm up in the air. And they stood and stood and stood. And at the end of the four and a half thousand years, all of the gods got together and they said, listen, they've stood on one leg with one arm in the air for four and a half thousand years. We have to go see what it is that they want. And so the gods went down to the edge of the river and they said to the two demon brothers, "Okay, what is it you want? And they said, we want it to be so that we can be defeated by no man or God. So the gods were like, well, we've got to grant their wish. The laws of the universe say it. We've got to do this. So the wish was granted. And these two demon brothers claimed themselves kings. And they took over this whole kind of corner of the kingdom. And they were causing mayhem. They had like cars and jewels and parties and women. And there's what's known as the Davas, which is the good spirits. They banish all of the Davas out of their kingdom. And the whole world was just really getting out of balance. And so all the gods and the sages all got together to discuss it. And they were like, we've got to do something about it. The whole world is getting out of alignment. Everything's going to start to end soon if we don't stop this. What can we do? They can't be defeated by us. There's nothing we can do. And there's one wise old little sage at the back of the room. And he said, no man or God. And they suddenly went, oh, of course. And so for days and nights, they traveled through forests and over rivers and through mountain ranges until they came to the foot of a cave. And all of the sages and gods got down on their knees and they just chanted the the kind of the Devi mantra, which goes, Yadevi Sava, Bhuteshu, Shakti Rupe, Nasamstita, Namastasye, 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 Namo Nama. And they chanted this over and over and over. And eventually, after three days and three nights, Durga came out of her cave. And Durga, as she came out, she rides on a lion or a tiger, depending on which you prefer to visualise. And she has skin that just shimmers gold and long black hair and these eyes that look at you as if they can see into your soul. And she has eight arms waving around and in each of her arms she's got a gift. She has a bow and arrow from Vayu, the wind god, and a mace from Hanuman. And she has the Dharma. The Dharma is your purpose in life. She has a Dharma wheel spinning around on her fingers. And she says to them, can I help you? And they say, oh, Mahashakti, great mother, the world is in extreme danger and we need your help. And Durga says to them, and now, now that it's got to this point where everything is in danger, only now you remember the greatness of the divine feminine, the divine mother, the Mahashakti. And they say, oh, we're so sorry, Mahashakti, divine mother, we're so sorry we ever forgot, we're so sorry, please help us. And Durga turns around and flicks her hair over her shoulder and goes back in her cave. And she knows she'll help them. She just wants to make them wait. So for three more days and nights, they bow down and they chant and they pray and they pray until Durga comes roaring out of her cave. And Durga travels to the the kingdom of the demon kings. And they're very used to being sent women and gifts from villagers. And so they let her into the, the kind of the palace. And she says to them, I've come for your masters. And they're like, okay, she's really beautiful, but a bit strange is this one. Okay, so they send the message up. And the two demon kings go, oh, she sounds like hard work. Someone go and deal with her. And so they send the guards down to try and remove her. And within seconds, Durga with her eight arms has finished off the guards. And so then they send down the next level of guards. And again, within seconds, Durga's finished them all off. And then they start to send down the more elite guards. And again, within moments, Durga's finished him. And by now, the two demon kings are starting to get a little bit nervous and a little bit anxious. And they're like, okay, start to send down the very, very best we've got. Send down all of the demons and everyone we've got, send them down there. And so they all move down into the courtyard and stand opposite Durga. And Durga takes this almighty roar. And out of Durga's third eye comes all of the great goddess warriors that have ever been. There's kind of Chinimaster and there's Kali. And there's all of these great warrioresses. And this big sort of battle begins. And the goddesses are winning the battle apart from there's this one demon who every time a drop of his blood gets spilled, it produces a new one of him and a new one of him. And we've all no doubt maybe seen Carly. Carly's known as the Dark One. Carly's often depicted with her tongue sticking out. Her tongue is often blue. And she carries skulls in her hands and has skulls around her neck. 
And Sakali moves and starts to trail her tongue along the floor so that she catches every drop of blood until also this demon is finished. And by this point, the two demon kings have kind of got the idea of what's going on. They've realised the little break clause in the wish that they got granted. And they go down into the courtyard and they say to Durga, well, this is really unfair because there's lots of you and there's only two of us. And Durga says, then what you don't understand is that every single one of these goddesses is a part of me. We're all part of one and each other. And she draws all of the other goddesses back into her until there's only her left standing. The one demon king is finished quite quickly and the other one gets down on his knees and in the moment of his death he just says Ma because he realises he's going back to the great mother, the divine feminine, back to where he came from. And I Mm. love Durga's story because Durga's story to me when I tell it, especially for us women, tells us that we, we all, we do it often when we hide in our cave. We believe that we're not big enough to make a difference. We believe that we're only small and we're only us and who am I? And so we hide in our cave. But within each one of us is the ability to change the world, to go out there and to save the world in the way that Durga did, in our own way, because we've each got our own little purpose and our own way and our own way of being in the world. But the whole time we deny that and we make ourselves small, And we hang on, to go back to my analogy before, of those little dead leaves and the dead relationships and the dead beliefs. And we let ourselves stay small. We never get to come out of our cave. And Durga shows us that sometimes you've just got to roar and go out there in the world. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I love Durga's story. Yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff, isn't there, in society for women that we are the fairer, weaker sex and that we've been minimized I think by the constant focus on our appearance and we're so strong and I love that story just as that reminder to yes to um to empower us all where does that story come from it's so yoga doesn't have a religion as such there's no religion in yoga but yoga borrows a lot of its tales and stories from Hinduism um, mm. So, yeah, they take a lot of the, the deities and the gods from from Hinduism. So, you know, we've got Hanuman splits pose. The story of Hanuman comes around there. And so a lot of the tales are told in the yoga world. Um, so, yeah, but Durga's one's really special. Was it the Dalai Lama that said the world would be saved by Western women? Oh, yeah. I think there was that yeah. saying. So all of us Durgas... It's our job to get out there and save the world. Definitely. I'm on board with that, totally. Um, Thank you for that. I love a a story. I love a story. Um, Do you have any life philosophies? (sighs) The main thing I always try to live by is trying to find, as we spoke about before, a real trust in life. One of the things I really, really try to do, and it's hard in the midst of drama, is to move out of the whys into the what's. And so it's so easy for us to be like, why is this happening to me? Why does this always happen to me? Why do people always do this to me? And instead to move into the what's, what's this showing me? What needs to change? What can I take from this? What can I do differently? Um, And so I really try as much as I can to delve into that, of just holding that trust in life. I'm a massive believer. I have this really powerful belief that before we came down to earth, we decide in our own lives and that we almost decide on what we're going to put in our own way to help us to grow. And so I always try and hold the belief that anything that happens to me, I I kind of gave this to myself and I wouldn't give myself anything that I knew I couldn't get through. And that always helps me through really dark times. And again, it brings a bit of that Durga spirit back out, I suppose, of like, I I chose this on some level. I gave this to myself because I knew I could get through it. And I knew that when I came out the other side, I would be different and stronger. So I try and take a lot of the challenges of life on in that kind of way of what's this really showing me and how can I become better from this? Yeah, it really reminds me of that saying that, um, you know, this is happening for me, not to To me. me. Exactly. And and it's, I suppose, a more empowering way to think about it rather than getting into a a mode of victimhood or something. Yes, definitely. Um, What's the best advice that you've ever been given? (sighs) Honestly, two ways to look at this. I think the 
best piece of advice I ever really heard in some ways, and it comes back to advice, is be careful who you listen to. Because so many people will give us advice, but that is based on their own experiences of what they're telling you about. And so I guess when you're in your kind of maybe let's say late teens, early 20s, you're having man problems, you go around and you tell all your girlfriends. You're going to tell anyone who'll listen all about what he's done and the problems and they'll all give you their advice based on what they think you should do. Um, So be careful you listen to just really means you wouldn't take relationship advice from your eternally single friend. You wouldn't take money advice from someone who's broke. So if you're going to take advice, find someone who's doing what you really, really want to be doing and doing it well and take their advice on that. Um, And that's really always stuck with me. And then the second thing that I think really helped me was again around advice itself of, of course there are times in life we need advice. In, in perhaps a business sense or, or a relationship sense or just a little bit of guidance. But ultimately, you've got your own internal GPS in, in your heart and in your intuition. You know, we know nine times out of ten what we need to be doing. We know. We know when it's right to stay and right to go. We know. And I think the reason we tell people a lot of the times is to validate ourselves or to get permission to stay or go because other people have said that we're able to. And I think as I've learned to listen to myself more and more, I've needed advice from people less and less because all they're going to give me is their take on my situation based on their similar experience of what I'm going through, which isn't my experience. And so I... I have wonderful friends, um, like my best friend and I, we do a daily check-in, which is not necessarily me asking her what I should do, but it's just a space for me to be able to go... And then if I need advice, maybe she'll give it to me because she knows me well enough, but otherwise we'll just listen to each other. And I think that's what we need as humans more rather than advice. We just need people to listen and people to maybe remind us how we always know, to empower us to make our own decisions a little bit more. Um, so I think my advice on advice is to just not take as much advice. Yeah. <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> I think that's so true, isn't it? If I, If my partner tries to give me advice about something I quite often resist it yes I don't want to be given I don't want to be told no I want to be listened to (laughs) exactly (laughs) thank you for sharing that um is there anything that you're struggling with at the moment and how are you dealing with it or how are you overcoming it I've got to say at the moment I'm in a really really good place however that's only because about a year ago I went through a real struggle And so I went through a really, um, it was a really tough breakup about a year ago. And I think it was tough on so many different levels. Um, on On the first level in that I'd moved to London to be with this person. And so everything about my whole life here was tied in there. That it wasn't just leaving him, it was leaving my home. The only home in London I ever knew. I don't have any family here. I had some friends here. But at that stage, as we do in relationships, a lot of my time here had been spent with he and I. So it wasn't just leaving him, it was leaving everything that I knew to be true. And then I think also when you do get to a certain age, you then have to almost mourn an imagined future because we put a lot of effort and focus into staying in places, especially, I mean, we've been together five years, so when you put some a lot of time in there, there's a little part of it that resists it because you're like, but I've already put this amount of time in and we were supposed to do this and it was meant to be that and this was supposed to happen. And so again, we cling on and we stay for this imagined future. And so about a year ago, it was, it was actually a beginning of, oh, it was August actually, a little longer. I moved out of a very comfortable relationship in a beautiful home and ended up self-employed, never, I I worked, but I'd worked as much as I had to, if I'm being honest, into a flat that was filled with mould and damp and in an area of London that just felt like a, totally different different country to me just something I wasn't used to and I remember just being on the floor in pieces just being like so again I had I, I had a lot of my friends li- live away and didn't have a real support network and just being like I don't know how I'm ever going to get through this and we've all got the breakup story and I remember in those moments on the one hand wanting to rush the process to get to the other side of when I was going to be okay again but then on the other hand really wanting to be in those moments so fully and completely because I knew deep down on some level that that process was going to change me and change everything and it did 
And in those few months of having to live in that place, you know, I mean, I got home one day from teaching yoga and there was literally water pouring down the walls and out of the ceiling. I was so sick the whole time I lived there because there was mould in the walls. It was just like bad, bad, like dark times, you know. And I, I remember I'd, I'd, people had been shavasana, I'd be crying. I'd hold it in the whole time in a class. And as soon as they all lay down and close their eyes, I'd be like, oh. So anyone listening who came to my classes during that time, I probably cried when you were in your rest. But just, but really trying to feel into what, that was showing me and then you know within three or four months I, I I trebled my income I moved back to the place he and I had lived together but in my own right on my own and since then I mean gosh he's, he's a wonderful man nothing to him but since then I can fully speak with conviction with what I was saying before about how keeping on to things that are outdated you die a little bit inside I hadn't realized how small I'd become I hadn't realized how scared I'd become of life I hadn't realized how much magic I'd lost you know from being in a situation that I just wasn't meant to be in for so many years and since then I feel like I found me again but in so many more ways it's been some of the most precious transformative times of my life in those dark moments on the bathroom floor with water pouring down them in tears because I, I just everything that's come since has been such a gift and such a joy and it's come from me delving deep into my soul and I used to have this little thing I did in India as well where I'd find my own shoulder with skin and I put my cheek against my own shoulder and feel skin on skin and I'd say to myself you've got you've, you're okay you've got me like you're okay and just feeling my skin on my own skin would make me me feel like I was safe and it, it taught me then just to take care of myself to find me in a way now that I'll, I'll never lose myself again now I'll never, I, I know without doubt now that I'll never let myself get lost again. I'll never give away all my power to anyone else again. I'll never, life has so much more meaning and joy and happiness now. And also everything that I've created now is, is mine. I've done it, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it was the hardest yet most empowering time of my entire life. And I look back on those moments now and I'm so grateful for each and every one of those really dark 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 times because I, I look at what I've got now and I'm just like wow you know so I'm in a good place after coming through and I think we all do that we want to rush the process we want to just get back to feeling okay again but we never learn that much when everything's just okay we, we, we don't we learn the most when our back is against the wall and when we're on our knees and we're digging around in the dirt and that's when we really learn and so Again, if I'm going to leave anyone with advice, it would just be to try as much as you can to enjoy sounds a silly word, but to really be in those dark, dark times because they're where you're going to really learn the most about yourself and you're going to find those hidden parts of you that you'll never want to lose again. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. That's really an inspiring message. Thank you. Amazing. Um, yeah, so can you tell us about where people can find out more about you and what you do and your course and course. what the future brings. Um, so kirstygallagher.com is my website. On there you will find everything you need to know about Lunar Living. So Lunar Living is an online sisterhood whereby every month on the full and the new moon I send out a full download of exactly what this moon is. So why you're feeling the way you're feeling, what life fairies this moon is calling you into, what issues might be coming up for you and why and what you can do to really work with rather than against this kind of magical ancient wisdom of the moon and then we get we do an online um, moon circle once a month and I do a recording a recorded meditation for every full and new moon and we have a Facebook group that's just magic because all these women you know it, what I think helps most about lunar living and that's why I share my moon musings online so on Instagram you can find me it's Kirsty underscore Gallagher underscore but if you type in my name or lunar living you should find me it makes us realize we're not alone because I think each one of us when you're in the midst of that awful breakup or life crisis or disliking your job or feeling lonely we honestly think we're the only ones feeling like it and as soon as I share my moon musings and people comment oh my gosh I feel just the same oh me too me too what again we've lost in this linear world is community and especially for women's sisterhood. So back in the days, we would all have got our period together on the new moon and we would have got in the red tent and we'd have sat together 
And I'd have been like, hey, Chloe, how are you? Is there anything I can do for you? Are you all right? And you'd have gone, oh, actually, well. And you'd have maybe spoken to me and we'd have shared and we'd have perhaps brushed each other's hair and, and we'd have just felt good by being together in a community where we're like, oh, what, are we all feeling this? Oh, we all are. How can we hold each other? We've lost a lot of that. And so through Luna Living, by, by even just on my Instagram posts of the amount of people that comment of how they're feeling the same, it really makes us feel like we're part of something greater. We're not on our own in how we're feeling the way we're feeling. There's a million other people out there feeling the same way as well. And I, I, I bring back communities is what I say. So yeah, Luna Living, you'll find either on my website or details um, from my Instagram. And then if you want to follow my moon musings there on Instagram, or I send out a Luna Love Note which is just a little bit of information about it. I mean, direct to inboxes, so you don't have to search for it. So you can sign up for those on my website too. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing everything you shared. Oh, my pleasure. And I will be putting some more classes and workshops and things out soon. I'm just trying to find a bit of space to, to forward plan, because as we keep saying, it's October already. How? How? <laughs> um, so, yeah, there'll be more coming. But if you sign up to my newsletter, I keep everyone up to date on things like that. But thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Love you. this conversation. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you gained a lot from this episode. Come on over to Instagram and let me know what are you taking from this episode. Find me at Chloe Brotheridge. And I would love it if you would leave me a review in the podcast app or in itunes subscribe to the podcast leave me a rating and is there someone in your life that would really benefit from this podcast you can let them know by sharing this podcast i'd be so so grateful so i'm just wishing you a wonderful week ahead sending you loads of love hopefully you'll tune in again and i'll see you soon ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.